Hello, everyone. Marilyn Hughes of the Out of Body Travel Foundation. We are going to go through several examinations of conscience today in our live stream. I wanted to do this because today is Good Friday, and I will be going to confession in just about an hour. So I wanted to share from one of my favorite books, which is very hard to find. I don't even know if it's in print, but it is this book. I got it many, many years ago, a couple of decades ago, Family Consecration, Prayer and Meditation Book, Divine Mercy Edition. It was put out by the Apostolate for Family Consecration in Bloomingdale, Ohio, years ago. And um, they have a very comprehensive section on the examination of conscience where they compile all the different forms. And I wanted to share some of that with all of you. So how about we get started here, since we will be strapped a little for time here. Um, so we'll get started. This is going to go through different ways. And I'm going to say that my favorite way is the manner in which you go through the Ten Commandments uh, for your examination of conscience. And that is included in here. We'll go through that shortly, but I'd like to go through these other means because they're also uh, very, very effective and very cool. So I want to go through those as well. So I'm going to go in sequence with this book, but we will get up to my favorite way, which is the manner of going through the uh, Ten Commandments. Welcome over Protected. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I'm so appreciative of that. Um, and also just as a reminder to everyone, always want to remind everyone, please subscribe to our channel. It helps us to remain searchable across the internet. And please consider becoming a member as that helps us to keep our material free for everyone in the world. And today we are talking about examinations of conscience because it is Good Friday, a good day for such matters. So we're going to start here with the scriptures for C's. And this is wonderful. So the, I'll just lay them out for you first and then go into some of the detail as they lay them out, which is very well done. So there's confidence, conscience, charity, and constancy. And so um, under confidence, they ask such questions as, how well have I trusted God? Have my fears and worries betrayed my trust in God? Um, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. That's from 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Overprotected says, I've been thinking of you often, very often. Oh, I'm so honored by that. Thank you. It's great to see you. I always love seeing you. <laughs> and lots of hearts right back at you. <laughs> and under conscience, it says, how well have I prayed, practiced silence, and listened to God? Have I used my spiritual, material, and emotional goods as God has called me to do? Have I thanked God for all that he has given me? Have I obeyed my superiors, which is a true test of my willingness to surrender my will to God. And then there's a scripture here from 1 Peter 2, 24. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Welcome, John. Hi, thank you for joining us. We are going over uh, various types of the examination of conscience um, because it is Good Friday and it is an auspicious day to go over such matters. Have I fallen from grace by using artificial contraceptives? And this is a Catholic thing. So if you're not Catholic, don't worry about it. Something for another, another uh, discussion. Okay. Have I sought spiritual counsel from someone who fully subscribes to other teachings outside of what we have? And so here we're going to, I'm going to run across some things here that um, are going to be specifically, um, you know, Catholic. So if we run into certain things that are specifically Catholic and you're not, um, feel free to uh, disregard that for right now. And that's going to be hard because I'm using this very, very Catholic book because it has such an excellent um, overview of the examination of conscience. For anyone watching this who is not Catholic, don't uh, worry about that for right now. Just focus on the things that apply to you. And um, I'm so glad. Uh, oh, John says, I definitely need this talk. Oh, great. Oh, great. Okay, me too. I, I was doing it because I need it. Because as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm going to confession in just about an hour. <laughs> and so now um, in the third C of the four scripture C's, we have charity. And these are some of the things that are spoken of here in uh, charity. And it says, how well have I treated others, particularly those in my family? Have I taught by good example and loving authority? Or have I abused my authority by not being charitable or just? Mm. Do I try too hard to change others rather than change myself? Ooh. <laughs> uh, have I been a hypocrite by talking about others or looking down on others? The only people with whom Christ really grew angry were the Pharisees when they judged others. St. Peter, when he tried to talk him out of carrying the cross, and those who made a reverent use of God's house. You can see why, as I mentioned at the beginning here, that this is one of my favorite books for the use of examination of conscience because it stings a little, doesn't it? Okay, Overprotected said, since my chapter of Divine Mercy Experience with Michael, I'm so into Catholic teachings. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. I've learned many lessons recently. Oh, I'd love to hear about that when we have a live where we can talk about it more, which hopefully should be coming up soon. So I'd love to hear about that. Um, how well have I lived my total self-giving? So here we have a couple of scriptures for this uh, third scripture C, which is charity. And again, all four of them, the four scripture C's are confidence, conscience, charity, and constancy. So this one is 1 Peter 5, 5. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Okay, so overprotected is saying she's learning about the chaplet of the divine mercy. That's great. One of my favorite devotions. 
and um, one that I, you know, uh, advise pretty much everybody be open to learning that one. Uh, it's a beautiful chaplet. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7, which will probably be familiar to many of you. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. <clears throat> Love is not jealous or boastful. It's not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Wow, right? Okay, and then going into constancy. How well have I applied myself to my tasks and responsibilities? Have I gone the extra mile for God? Have I stayed in God's presence by turning my mind to him frequently during the day? Have I maintained a positive and patient attitude, looking for the harvest of graces which will enable me to do God's will in his due season? Have I used the grace offered to me in each present moment to say yes to God? Or do I allow the world, the flesh, or the devil to distract me and therefore offend God by regretting the past or feeling sorry for myself? Do I offend God by worrying about the future? I must remember that the only moment over which I have control is the present moment, which should be offered with great intensity to God. And they offer another Quote from the Bible, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Overprotected says, remember, Marilyn, Michael taught me hand signs to it to meditate for the children. And I'll try not to talk too much through this. Every time I listen to you, I cry. Oh, you are so sweet, overprotected. I'm honored by that. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's just so sweet. Okay. <laughs> now we're moving on to another form of examination of conscience, which is the seven capital sins and the seven capital virtues, which is one that I utilize throughout my books and my writings, the mysteries of the redemption. And so this is nice because it, it just uh, lays it out pretty simply, actually. It says it's just numbered out the seven in through numbers one through seven. So number one, let the virtue of humility, acknowledgement of my total dependence on God for what is good, overcome my tendency towards pride and egoism and my desire for fullness and recognition. MT morning. Good morning, MT. Welcome to our live stream. We're talking about examinations of conscience on this Good Friday. Uh, we're going through a variety of methods. We, we are currently in the seven capital virtues and the seven capital sins. Number two, let the virtue of liberality overcome my tendency towards spiritual and material avarice and my desire for security and prosperity. 
Three, let the virtue of temperance overcome my tendency toward gluttony and uncontrolled self-indulgence in food, television, and other forms of normally licit pleasures. Four, let the virtues of chastity and self-control overcome my tendency toward mental and physical lust. Five, let the virtue of meekness overcome my tendency toward anger, which manifests itself when my human plans, no matter how good they may be, are upset. Often I may fail to use trials as stepping stones toward that total detachment, which, as Pope John Paul II has said, purifies our feelings and lifts our spirits so that we can hear the voice of God and train our consciences. Six, let the virtue of brotherly love overcome my tendency towards envy. Let me understand that the vision of the apostolate promotes the truth with great intensity so that authentic brotherly love will be manifested through the systematic transformation of neighborhoods into strong God-centered communities in the joyful spirit of Pope John Paul II. <clears throat> Number seven, let the virtue of diligence overcome my tendency towards sloth and laziness. Let me not fall into the trap of feeling sorry for myself when others appear to be doing less work than myself. Rather, let me go the extra mile and fulfill my responsibilities better than I have to because I do it for God, not man. And now we move on to the next mode, which is the spiritual works of mercy. And overprotected says, first of all, hello to MT. And she says, if I measured myself with this from this year to one year ago, it sounds like I'm doing much better, kinda, I think. <laughs> that's fantastic, that's fantastic. <clears throat> and that's why, you know, doing this is very helpful to all of us. It helps us to uh, measure our progress but also it points out to us where we may also be lacking and where we can, uh, you know, have another conversation with God, etc. So the spiritual works of mercy are a form of Christian charity in favor of the soul or spirit of one's neighbor. Let's check ourselves to see how we have been following these norms through our work. One, converting the sinner which, which they refer to as clothing the spiritually naked with grace. Two, instructing the ignorant, which is feeding the spiritually hungry and thirsty. Three, counseling the doubtful. Four, comforting the sorrowful. Five, bearing wrongs patiently. Six, forgiving injury, seven, praying for the living and the dead. And then we move to the corporal works of mercy. And Christ taught us the corporal works of mercy, which will be his standards for salvation at the last judgment. That comes from Matthew 25, 34 to 46. And in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it's in section 2447. And they are, one, feeding the hungry, two, giving drink to the thirsty, three, clothing the naked, four, 
giving shelter to the homeless, five, visiting the sick, six, visiting those in prison, and seven, burying the dead. And it's so important to realize when we look at these, how are we doing this with those who are in our immediate vicinity? It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you have to go do this for all kinds of people. How are you doing this for the people in your own vicinity, in your own home? A priest, one of my favorite priests, Father Eddie, who passed in 2003, taught me this. He said, people are always thinking, well, I have to go to Africa and I have to go do stuff there. And he's like, no, look in your own backyard and do what you can there. Take care of the people in your own family. That's what Mother Teresa talked about. And so when we look at the corporal works of mercy, and I'm getting totally slammed with energy as I'm saying this, we start with our own home first, our own families first, our extended families, our friends. Um, we don't need to make it so complicated, you know, and then we see what's in our perimeter. What is within our realm of awareness where we can do these corporal works of mercy? Overprotected says to John, I sure needed this today. I didn't even realize it is Good Friday. <laughs> my son has my car and I really get my grandson donuts and I had to take my mom's car. The song East to West by Casting Crowns was on. I love Casting Overprotected and I love that particular song. And I turned on YouTube to Marilyn's beautiful face first. Oh, thank you, Overprotected. That must have been Kismet. <laughs> Aniel, hey, you're here. That's great to see you. Welcome. And thank you for joining our live stream. And so now we're going on to the next mode. And we're kind of, I want to kind of zip through these modes just because I do want to get to the Ten Commandments, the examination of consciousness, uh, a conscience, sorry. Um, by the Ten Commandments. And so I'm going to zip through these a little bit because these are more of the peripheral and then we get to the meat, you know. So the precepts of the church is the next mode. And, um, and this is what is expected of Catholic Christians as found in the catechism. And so these are the precepts and it goes as follows. The precepts of the church are set in the context of a moral life bound to and nourished by liturgical life. The obligatory character of these positive laws decreed is meant to guarantee to the faithful the indispensable minimum in the spirit of prayer and moral effort in the growth in the love of God and neighbor. So the first precept requires is you shall attend mass on Sundays and holy days of obligation. And I mentioned early on, if you're not Catholic, just pass over the things that, you know, to Catholics. So don't worry about that. It's, um, you know, that's something that's particularly Catholic. Overprotected. Thank you. Thank you so much. We got a super chat. Um, I'm trying to be, be quiet. <laughs> we don't want you to be quiet, overprotected. I love it when you're sharing your thoughts as we go. And I think we all do. So I so appreciate it. And thank you so much for that super chat. That is going to, you know, that helps us just like memberships help us to uh, keep our work available for free. Ironically, we were talking about the uh, spiritual works of mercy. You're helping us to keep those spiritual works of mercy, helping people to 
uh, have spiritual food around the world available to them freely. So thank you so much for that beautiful super chat. Um, <laughs> just pass over it, Marilyn said. No, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> okay, and so the first precept was about attending mass, and that is a Catholic thing. The second um, is about confessing your sins, and that's why we're doing this, uh, you know, examination of conscience. And you know, Catholics are required to do this with a priest, um, but. The examination of conscience, however you go through your own personal process, is a very efficacious spiritual practice. So it's an excellent thing for all of us to do, to go through the examination of conscience. We speak to God in prayer about these things that we recognize within ourselves that we might wish to amend, to work on, to move forward with, to do better. Um, the third pre precept is receiving Holy Communion um, in the Easter season. Is, and this is a Catholic thing as well. Um, it says you shall humbly receive your creator in Holy Communion, at least during the Easter season. I did not even realize this was one of the precepts of the church. Um, so uh, this can be received in a number of ways for people who are not Catholic, which is receive him spiritually during this Easter season. Whatever way uh, works with your tradition or your non-tradition, whatever path you're following. Um, the fourth precept is you shall keep the holy days of obligation. And what that can mean for people who are not Catholic would be keeping certain days of the year that have special spiritual significance holy in your own personal ways. So you mark the days of the year as personally holy. And the fifth precept has uh, the observation of observing prescribed, prescribed days of fasting. And that again would be to uh, for each of us to decide when there are times during the year when fasting might be a good thing for us to do. I know the Blessed Mother in many of her apparitions prescribes fasting. Now, for those of you who might have medical conditions, you are always exempt from that. So don't feel like you should do anything like that if you have medical conditions or if you use medications that where it could impact you. Don't do anything like that. But if you feel uh, that you could benefit from fasting, then consider adding that for sure to your uh, regimen. Okay, and so the next area is the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so the seven forms of supernatural initiative conferred with the reception of sanctifying grace. And this, they are in the nature of supernatural reflexes or reactive instincts that spontaneously answer to divine impulses of grace, almost without reflection, but always with full consent. Let's see. Uh, overprotected says, I'm feeling it. I need a fasting. I've never tried it, but I am. <laughs> okay. Give it a shot. Yes. Uh, it's a good, it's a good thing to do if you're in the health to do it. And, um, 
it, it does have, you know, it does have excellent uh, qualities. Uh, even the Native Americans would do this during their hemblechia, you know, which is the vision quest. They would fast days and nights, days and nights, three and four days. Um, they would do a much more rigorous and excessive form, actually, and they, I think they still do. We have another super chat. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We have another super chat. He says, keep sharing the light. Thank you very much, John. Again, you're helping us to keep share the light. So thank you, <laughs> making it possible for us to make that spiritual food available for free to people all around the world with your super chats, with your memberships. It all, um, it is all so helpful in keeping our resources free. That's the way we do it. It's, it's free doesn't come free in these, in this world anymore, does it? <laughs> so this is how we, we make it possible, how we fund uh, the foundation so that we can make everything available for everyone. And so I am so grateful to all of you. Overprotected says, I love all the religions. Even Jehovah's Witness has some neat things. I kind of make my own combo religion. Well, that's what, you know, we all got to find our own, our own uh, path, you know. And so again, going to the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, we have um, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, fortitude, counsel, piety, and fear of the Lord. And then the eight Beatitudes. Again, we're doing this examination of the conscience with all of these things in mind. Okay. So there, there are eight Beatitudes. And so we're going to go through those. One, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Two, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Three, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Four, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Five, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Six, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Seven, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Eight, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so you take these things and you use those to uh, examine. And here we are now at the examination of conscience in light of the Ten Commandments. And this is where we get kind of meaty. Um, and we're going to go through each commandment and a series of questions that really some might sting. They'll, I know they're going to sting me. So don't feel alone. <laughs> you won't be alone for sure. So we start with the first commandment. I am the Lord, your God. You shall not have strange gods before me. Have I received Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin? And now that is a Catholic thing. 
So those who are not Catholic, you can disregard that one. Have I neglected to confess a mortal sin in a previous confession to a priest when I was aware of having committed one? And again, that's a Catholic one. Have I practiced any dark arts, occult practices, Ouija boards? Have I participated in seances or in satanic or demonic services or prayers? Have I refused to accept any of the teachings of Jesus Christ? Have I put my soul in danger by reading, viewing, or listening to material that attacks the teachings of faith or morals? Do I belong to any anti-Christian organizations? Do I attend meetings or gatherings of any anti-Christian or anti-faith organizations? Have I profaned or desecrated or spoken sinfully against a sacred person, place, or thing? Have I been slow or reluctant to perform my duties towards God? Have I neglected to pray? Have I neglected to prepare myself properly for spiritual practice? Now we move towards the second commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So the obvious question, have I taken the holy name of God in vain? I'm just going to make a comment there. I, I am just amazed by how many films do that as a regular, like an expletive, adjective, and I just do not understand that. It's, it's not even necessary. Okay. Um, have I spoken his name in anger? Have I jokingly or irreverently spoken about God? Have I been a baptismal or confirmation sponsor in a non-Christian ceremony? Have I broken any promises or oaths in which I had invoked God's name? Now we're moving to the third commandment, which is remember to keep holy the Lord's day. I'm probably going to feel some stings here. Okay. Have I failed to uh, attend mass? This is a Catholic one, guys. Okay. On Sundays are holy days of obligation without just cause. For example, illness, impassable roads, um, obviously pandemics, things like that. Um, have I worn improper attire to church, which distracted others? Uh, do I fast and practice uh, spiritual practices on the days or times appointed by the church? That's a Catholic thing. Do I examine my conscience at least once a year? 
Have I performed or required others to perform servile or manual labor on Sundays? Not including work to save souls or work required by your employer, enjoyable gardening or acts of mercy, such as helping a neighbor in need or milking cows, feeding livestock or other necessary labors. Am I generous in helping uh, spiritual organizations or whatever church I attend in their necessities as much as I'm able? We are now moving towards the fourth commandment. There is one here I'm going to add, which it has. It has it here. I'm going to reword it just a little bit to make it... Um, a little more universal, not totally Catholic. It's, have I deliberately failed to focus in my spiritual practices? Overprotected says, I work every Saturday and Sunday, but I work with addicted patients and reassure them they are angelic in a harsh world and it's okay to just go from here. And if something happens later, just come back and start over. Every day they make it is a goal obtained. Uh, that's very noble work, Overprotected. I know you've done a lot of really, really good work in your life. And um, when you have to work on Sundays, that's definitely totally excluded. And, and so do not, uh, uh, when you go through these examinations of conscience, you have to use some discernment as to your own life circumstance and that's clearly not only your job, but it is also a work of mercy. So uh, you're not only okay because it's your job, but you're also uh, performing a work of mercy. Uh, so you're good for sure. <laughs> but I mean, that's really sweet and really a beautiful thing that you're doing. So that's great. Uh, so in the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. Here we go. Um, this one is for parents. And then there's one for children. So this is going to apply to both. These both apply to me because I had parents and I also was someone's child. So have I set a bad example for my children? When I do correct my children's faults, is it done with charity? Uh, did I make sure that my children received a spiritual foundation? Did I fail to uh, give my children the spiritual foundation that they needed or the spiritual education or lead them to the sacraments that they required? Have I failed to supervise my children with, to, with respect to the friends they choose or chose and the entertainment they pursue or pursued? Do I monitor my children in their choice of reading material in the shows they watch on television or in the movies they attend? 
Have I separated from or divorced my spouse civilly without consultation of a priest who follows the mind of the church? Do I seek God's help every day to fulfill my duties as a parent? It's important for anyone who's watching this who might be divorced to know that being divorced in and of itself is not a sin. So that's a whole nother discussion in the church. In the church, <laughs> this is what I'm saying in the Catholic church for anyone who's, you know, I want to make sure that nobody gets confused by that question. I think what the question in here is, like I said, this is a very Catholic book. <laughs> um, the question in there would be for anyone who's Catholic here, uh, there's a Catholic procedure thing. So I don't want anyone to get uh, concerned or confused about that particular question. So don't worry about that question. Uh, for children, we have, uh, John says, very commendable to overprotected's calling, and I agree. For children, have I disobeyed my parents or been disrespectful to them in other ways? Do I nurse angry feelings or show resentment when I am corrected by my parents? Have I been moody, sour, or bad-tempered towards other people? Do I desire to leave my parents' household when I am too young or for other improper reasons? Am I a financial burden to my parents when I can take care of my own financial needs and am old enough to help support the household? Do I fight and or quarrel with my brothers and sisters? Have I failed to express my love for my parents? Have I failed to help my parents when they were unable to meet their basic needs? Do I faithfully perform without complaining the household and outdoor chores my parents give me to do? Overprotected says, ah, thanks, John. Life is quite a journey. Luckily, I was able to instill something in my kids because they all came back to God. I know it's not the best, but my 24-year-old son has an open Joyce Meyer book. Ah, I like Joyce Meyer. I, I like her. I don't read a lot of her stuff, but I did like her, her feisty, fiery attitude. Off to the fifth commandment, which is you shall not kill. And this one, I think, is kind of an in-depth one because you shall not kill has so much more in it than I think many of us realize, you know. Have I lost my temper or become unjustly angry at others? Have I murdered or otherwise unjustly injured no matter how slight anyone? Have I been a reckless driver? Have I tempted others to sin by my bad example or sinful conversation? Have I encouraged others to read or watch sinful materials or programs or to otherwise do sinful things? Have I tried to make up for or repair for the bad example I, have given, I may have given others? Have I been jealous of others? Have I been envious of the possessions or the gifts or talents of others? How many people have I led into sin? What type of sins were they? Have I tried to commit suicide? 
Have I failed to take proper care of my health? Have I mutilated myself for someone else? Have I been drunk or intoxicated on alcohol or other substances? Have I intentionally overindulged in food or drink? Have I participated in gang fights or other illegal gang activities or crime? Have I picked fights with others? Have I been a bully? I bet you didn't think of all these questions when you looked at thou shalt not kill. I didn't. Maybe you did. I didn't. Have I uh, recommended, consented to, advised, or actively taken part in an abortion? Have I harmed anyone's reputation by my speech or my actions? Have I desired to take revenge on anyone who offended me? Have I hated or nursed bad feelings toward any person? Have I maliciously teased or insulted others? Have I refused to forgive anyone who may have offended me? Have I sought pardon of those whom I have offended? And it looks like Adriana has joined us. Welcome, Adriana. She says, happy Easter, happy day of resurrection, and happy Passover. Hello, Marilyn, overprotected MT, Aniel. Hello there, Adriana. Happy to have you with us. We are doing this uh, examination of conscience on Good Friday because I am going to confession now in about 20 minutes. <clears throat> and so I better get going, I guess, here. Okay. <laughs> so we are heading here towards the sixth and ninth commandments. The sixth is you shall not commit adultery. And the ninth is you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And there's a lot of questions under this one. And so here we go, right? And I'm using this book again, just for those who didn't see at the beginning. It's the Family Consecration Prayer and Meditation book put out by the Apostolate for Family Consecration. Have I entertained impure thoughts? Have I deliberately recalled impure thoughts or images? Do I watch soap operas or other impure programs? Huh, I don't anymore, but man, I was really into soap operas in my youth my younger days. Oh my gosh. Have I had sexual relations with a member of the opposite sex when we weren't married to each other? Have I had sexual relations with a married person who is not my spouse? Adultery. Um, Luis Gustavo Eloy do Amarai. What a name. Love it. Um, hi, Marilyn. I'm back. Hello and welcome. Still struggling, but here we are. That's right. Here we are. Um, although I may never have fully carried them out, have I consented to impure desires? Were any circumstances present to make the sin of impurity even more serious? For example, having impure relations with someone who is consecrated to God by vows, which would be sacrilege, or who is married to someone other than myself, adultery, or who is a member of my family other than my spouse, if I am married, incest. 
Have I engaged in impure conversations? Did I begin them? Have I sought to have a good time by engaging in entertainment, which placed me in proximate occasions of sin, such as sensual dances, sexually suggestive movies, plays, reading material, evil company, houses of prostitution, and massage parlors? Am I aware of the fact that I might already be sinning by placing myself in the proximate occasion of sin, such circumstances can include sharing a, a room with a member of the opposite sex or being alone with a member of the opposite sex with whom I have uh, sinned with in the past or deliberately taking that person to a secluded place when you know you have a very strong attraction to them in that way. Have I neglected to dress modestly or to otherwise safeguard purity? Have I willfully looked at immodest pictures? Have I displayed immodest looks or glances at others? Did I do any of the above things knowing that they involved gravely sinful matter? And that's important because if it's just, if it's something new that you did not realize before, then you have this new awareness, this new realization that this is something you can become aware of now. Um, and but after you realize this, the more we know, the more we become accountable for. Have I led others to commit the sins of immodesty or impurity? Specifically speaking, what were they? And so you want to think about what they were, uh, bring them to mind. Have I committed impure acts by myself? Did I do so deliberately and freely knowing that serious matter was involved? Did I know that, uh, did I know that, that freely and willfully performed is a serious matter. Have I committed impure acts with someone else, either of the opposite or the same sex? Um, how many times did I do so? Were there any circumstances uh, such as impure acts with members of my family other than my spouse or with persons consecrated to God by vows or promises, which could have made the sin especially serious? Did these sinful acts have any consequences? Um, okay. Did I do anything to prevent consequences? Did, did I, do I have evil or immoral friendships? Have I taken steps to break these friendships? Have I been engaged in a modest contact or conversation with someone I am seriously thinking of marrying? Have I tended to use this person as an object for my pleasure rather than a person created in God's image and likeness whom God has placed in my life to respect and reverence? Have I been involved in acts which arouse lustful desires, such as prolonged embraces, petting, and passionate kissing? Have I failed to protect my spouse, fiance, or friend from sinning? Have I failed to investigate beforehand the sinful potentials of watching a particular show or reading a particular book or magazine? And then there are some specific questions for married people we have uh, uh, Overprotected says hello to Luis and hello to Adriana. Um, Aniel says, what's sad is these images are saturating our social media now more than ever. And, and so very good point, uh, Aniel, as well as uh, most, uh, most uh, film and TV options as well. It's really hard for people to watch just about anything, really. So yeah, 
uh, and you know, ironically, this was put out like 30 years ago. So you can see the difference here. And if I pulled out one of my texts from the 40s and 50s, an examination of conscience from the 40s and 50s, you would really see this even more so that the way things have changed, which maybe I will do at some point, right? So for married people, have I made improper use of marriage? Have I denied my spouse of her or his marital right? Have I engaged in adulterous acts or desires? Have I used or consented to the use of artificial contraceptives? And that's a Catholic thing again, which I mentioned in the beginning. If you're not Catholic, don't worry about that. That's a Catholic thing. Um, uh, and so now we go on to the seventh and 10th commandments. Um, seven, you shall not steal and 10, you shall not covet your neighbor's goods. So have I stolen anything? What was it worth? Have I returned the stolen item? Do I intend to return it? Have I damaged or been responsible for the damage of another person's property? What would be the cost of repairing or replacing it? Have I caused harm to anyone in business dealings by means of fraud, deception, or coercion? Have I spent beyond my means? Have I deprived others of their needs by spending too little? Have I supported the church and charitable organizations according to my means? Have I honored my debts? Have I taken stolen property or refused to seek the owner of the property that I have found? Have I seriously entertained temptations to steal? Have I been lazy with respect to my employment, household chores, work, or studies? And this is because in the Catholic Church, it is considered stealing from your employer if you're not giving your all to um, your employer because every you know your time they're paying for it. That's how it, that's how it's viewed in Catholic theology. Um, have I been greedy? Have I placed too high a value on material goods? Have I failed to help those whom I know are truly needy? Have I been irresponsible with money or other means of wealth which God has entrusted to me? Have I been envious of the wealth or material goods of another person? And then the eighth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Have I lied? Have I sought to make up for the damage caused by my lies? Have I accused others of wrongdoing without sufficient evidence? Have I been guilty of detraction? That is speaking about the faults of others without having a good reason for doing so. Have I been guilty of calumny, that is, to falsely accuse someone of sinful conduct? Have I gossiped about another person? Have I too hastily judged someone of improper conduct? Have I, without sufficient cause, suspected someone to be guilty of misconduct? Have I been excessively critical, negative, or uncharitable in my speech? Have I failed to honor the confidences or secrets entrusted to me by another? Have I revealed them to someone else without permission or without due or serious cause? Have I used the technique of binding others to secrecy about something that should be revealed to lawful authority? 
do I realize that this practice is very div divisive it is, if it is outside of confession? Have I failed to defend the good name or honor of others? And so here we are finished with the examination of the conscience according to the Ten Commandments. And I would like to just finalize this with a little bit of a prayer, and it's by Jeremy F. Conacher. This is Most Holy Family. Help me to call to mind the instances in the past few hours of days when I sowed bad seeds and lost my peaceful union with God, and when I did not make full use of scripture for seeds, for peaceful seed living, confidence, conscience, seed charity, and constancy is part of my daily life. Please uproot these negative seeds and help me to purify my conscience, which is the seedbed for the growth of grace in my soul. Purify me so that my virtuous acts and sacrifices will be used to atone for my sins. Allow me to peacefully rise above my problems and my weaknesses and failings and grow into a worthy instrument by becoming one spirit with the Lord and the Holy Family. Help me, most holy family, to forgive others. Inspire me to be respectful to those over whom I have authority and to praise their good points more than I point out their faults. Enable me to see the causes of my daily sins and faults and to give them to Jesus so that he can wash them in his precious blood and transform them into virtues. Never let me forget that it is God's power of grace combined with my good works that will overpower my sinful nature. Help me to see that without God as my source, salvation would be impossible. Inspire me, most holy family, to make and to keep practical resolutions for the amendment of my life. Never let me forget that I primarily teach others by the example of my daily life and that I will be held accountable for every thought, word, and action during my test on earth. And that comes from Matthew 12, 36 through 37. Help me to be as good to all the members of my family as I am to those whom I meet outside of my home. Now, most holy family, please let me picture myself as the person I want to become, a person who mirrors your virtues. Help me to visualize how you would act if you were in my place at this time and how you would treat the members of my family or community, especially those who need my time and undivided attention and those who have hurt me. Help me to show affection rather than anger to all whom you bring into my life especially those in my own family or community. Put on 
the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Colossians 3.10. Pause and imagine Jesus, Mary, or Joseph living your life. Visualize yourself as a virtuous person who is perpetually confident, calm, cheerful, and compassionate, especially under pressure and with the members of your own family and community. Visualize how you should have handled yourself the last time you lost your peaceful union with God by your faults, willful sins, and selfishness. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Second Timothy 2.19 And do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil, Ephesians 4, 26, 27. Most Holy Spirit of the Father and the Son, dwelling deep within the innermost recesses of my soul, help me to realize that sin is the cause of all unhappiness because it gives the forces of evil more power over my life and over the entire world. Inspire me to encourage others to help those who suffer. We can do this not only by our much-needed almsgiving, which represents a true sacrifice of the fruits of our work and security, but also by our supernaturally good acts of prayer and charity and by the fervent reception of the sacraments. Help me to unite the trials I encounter in the faithful fulfillment of the responsibilities of my state and life with the holy sacrifice of the Mass, which is continually being offered throughout the world. Never let me forget, most Holy Spirit, that you dwell within me. If I unite every act of my daily life with you and the Holy Family, I become a useful instrument to counteract the unhappy effects of sin. This can help to bring true peace and happiness not only into my life, but into the lives of the people in my family, my community, my school, and the entire mystical body of Christ on earth. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. 1 Corinthians 10, 17. Most Holy Spirit, you are the source of truth and enlightenment. Teach me the truths of my faith and then give me the grace to believe and live them. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John 14, 25 through 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13. He is the head of the body, the church, 
Colossians 1.18. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are ill-treated since you are also in the body, Hebrews 13.3. He has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Ephesians 1, 22, 23. Therefore, putting away falsehood, let everyone speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Ephesians 4, 25. So Adriana says, Disney just announced to include homosexual relationship in the Toy Story Buzz Lightyear movie. We are talking about children's movie. Sad. Adriana, we need prayer. Thank you, Marilyn. Yes. Uh, sexualizing children is not necessary and actually damaging. So... Anna Yell says, thank you, Marilyn. God bless you. God bless all of you. Thank you for joining me as I went through my examination of conscience today and was lovely and awesome to share it with all of you. And off I go on this Good Friday to confession. And uh, it's really nice that I got to see all of you and share this with all of you uh, on this special Holy Week uh, day. And so uh, it's hard to say goodbye, huh? <laughs> John says, very useful. Thank you. Louise says, thank you, Marilyn. Aniel, thank you, Marilyn. God bless you. Uh, Adriana, we need prayer. Thank you, Marilyn. Aniel, happy Easter. Happy Easter to all of you. And I thank you so much for joining me. Remember, Subscribe, that keeps us searchable. Become a member if you can. That helps us to keep our products free, our books, our downloads for everyone in the world so we can keep those spiritual works of mercy going around the world. Um, Overprotected says, that's a shame. I love Toy Story, but upon research, there were tons of bad things in it. I try to focus on the positive. That's always a good way to go. Uh, Adriana, holy good week, good Friday. Thank you. Overprotected says, love you, Marilyn. I love you back. I love you all back. And have a wonderful uh, Easter uh, day of the risen Lord. And uh, thank you all for joining me. See you next time.